less carbs, more fat, less carbs, right. more fat, right? Don't, don't count your calories, just eat more fat, you know? <laughs> eat fat to satiety, stupidest fucking shit ever. Yeah, it's all this um, hyper palatability, like we talked about, you know, it's what the, it's actually what the um, food companies use to get you to buy their stuff more. How do I eat as much fat as I want but still lose weight kind of people? The way it's described isn't bullshit. That's what I, I have a problem with bullshit, right? Body, mind, empowerment. Get stronger, faster, smarter, quicker, friendlier, more helpful, more driven. Everything the body needs. Control your mind. Welcome to the Body, Mind, Empowerment podcast. I'm your host, Seem Lund, and our guest today is Richard Nikolai. Richard is an entrepreneur, author, and a blogger. He also runs the Facebook group, Keto Tart Chronicles that helps to differentiate helpful low-carb keto advice from the nonsensical ones. Richard, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, nice to um, be here. Yeah, I recently heard another podcast uh, where you were a guest as well, and uh, I just wanted to, you know, uh, get you on the podcast on, on my own and uh, talk about, you know, these. You have like a very unique way of saying things, and I, and I, I would I would imagine that a lot of people can find this entertaining and educational at the same time. So, uh, but but before we get into like the, the nitty gritty and and things like that, why don't you like give a little short backstory of uh, where you're coming from and uh, what's what's your story? Sure, sure. Um, and uh, you know, everybody in the in these various dietary space, you know carnivorous sort of paleo low carb keto and then there's all of the um you know so-called biohacking um having to do with that as well the circadian stuff and the lights and all of that um so but anyway it started for me uh, back in about 2008 2007 2008 i'd already been a blogger since 2003 and quite a lot i my blog has 4,700 posts now on it. Wow. So it's a lot since yeah. 2003. Um, and so, but I was, uh, I was, a, I had a business, a company, a financial services company, about 30 employees or so. And I was doing a lot of other stuff like uh, properties, rental properties and, and even like options trading. And I was doing all this stuff and stressing myself out and getting fat. You know, I'm 57 now. So we're talking about 10 years ago. So I was like coming up on 50 at the time, right? And getting that weight creep, that 10 pounds every year that adds up and adds up, right? <laughs> and so I just, I started going to the gym and, and uh, um, one thing led to another and I stumbled into the whole paleo community, but it was at that time, you know, there's already low carb was quite well known um, at that time, but the more ancestral sort of evolutionary approach to it really resonated with me. And um, so, you know, I basically cut out the junk food and started eating meat, fish, fowl, vegetables, little fruit, it kind of was paleo, low carb paleo, low carbish paleo, and I introduced fasting, and um, I introduced you know lifting heavy weights, and it worked. I dropped like uh, about fifty pounds or so in um, in the space of about a year, 
And I blogged the whole journey. And I, because at the time paleo was just starting to come up, hmm. I ended up getting to be pretty well known in the, in the community and um, ended up, you know, doing a lot of podcast interviews like this and, and, um, and speaking engagements at conferences and, uh, and uh, so on. Um, and then, you know, I guess with the advent of Jimmy Moore's um, keto clarity, I don't know, maybe sometime about five years ago or so, mm. um, uh, <clears throat> when, you know, this whole idea of nutritional ketosis came out, which is what it what that it means is that you can get in ketosis by just caloric restriction you know fasting gets you into ketosis enough caloric chronic daily caloric restriction maybe 300 calories on up and you'll get into ketosis but nutritional ketosis was really what was originally known as the the uh, epileptic diet it's a way to get a hundred percent of your energy, but still shoot off ketones, which uh, uh, can um, ameliorate the seizure problem with uh, epilepsy. Um, but uh, it's just—it's really gone off the rails. Then, so it was—it uh, was about um, a year or so, a little over a year, maybe fifteen months. It was June of of two thousand seventeen. When I just got this idea, I said, enough is enough. And so I created that Facebook group, Richard Nikolai's Keto Tard Chronicles. It only has about 2,000 members of it, but a lot of them are very astute people. So it's not, it's not a bunch of people searching for info on how do, I, how do I eat as much fat as I want but still lose weight kind of people. Um, it was, it's more people who are knowledgeable about the science and so we you know it's part science based so it's three parts to it really so part of it is to put out the real science on ketosis and to be critical about it you know there there some for some people it's good for some people it's bad and it depends and what level and mm -hmm. and where your proteins are in the whole scheme mm -hmm. um and then then um uh, another part of it is just ridicule. We we make fun of the stupid shit. <laughs> That's what we do, right? Because that, that makes it uh, that makes it a little bit entertaining, and and not just dry and not every. It's it's not uh, focused around someone trying to make money on affiliate relationships and and all of that. So uh, in that respect, it's been it's been fun and. Um, I've, um, you know, gotten a lot of uh, friends and acquaintances out of it. So it's been good for that. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's so true that uh, there is a lot of, you know, the keto diet itself is very, you know, scientific and it requires a lot of, you know, scientific knowledge about it. But at the same time, yeah, like you said, there is a lot of uh, misconceptions and, uh, you know, jokes around that can be thrown around because, yeah, some people make, you know, anecdotal, claim, anecdotal claims and uh, some people also have like, different kinds of results from it. And um, one thing you did mention was that the nutritional ketosis is this, this sort of a metabolic state that you can uh, attain with eating and you, you maintain the ketosis state even though you're eating all the time. And you know, the most right. natural way to do it is through fasting and caloric restriction. And even people who aren't doing 
like the strict epileptic keto diet, they will experience like mild ketosis if they are fasting and such. But the yeah. nutritional ketosis itself is like a different kind of a state in the sense that you're maintaining it, you know, 24-7 if you're eating constantly this low-carb diet. There's a notion, well, see, you know, and you mentioned fasting and you mentioned um, uh, caloric restriction, and that's what ketosis is for. It's to, mm -hmm. because your brain has an absolute glucose requirement, and so, and ketones are, are, a, are a brain fuel uh, as well as glucose. So, so ketones can kind of make up the difference, if you will, right? So you've got all these things in play. You have, you have um, um, gluconeogenesis from protein breakdown, uh, creating, uh, if, you, if you have insufficient carbohydrate and insufficient calories in your diet, um, um, then you're getting some from that. And then also uh, ketones uh, are a brain fuel that, uh, that uh, kind of, help smooth that out, if you will. So probably you're not getting the kind of ups and downs because glucose is so tightly regulated by insulin. Yeah. And so uh, all of these things work, but people have these weird ideas. I just saw it uh, a week ago. Someone starts this comment thread somewhere. I don't know where it was. Um, it may have even been in my uh, keto tard chronicles. We do get some keto tards in there actually. And uh, some from time to time. And so someone said, uh, said there was an absolute necessity to, uh, to uh, reduce to carbohydrate to minimum to be in ketosis. Mm -hmm. And that just, it's not what I call not even wrong. Because there's absolutely no doubt that you will be in ketosis on a fast. And I'll tell you one thing. So some years ago, uh, on my blog, freetheanimal.com, which is my primary sort of thing, and all the links to my Facebook are, are in there. But so back when there was this idea of what's called the potato hack or the potato diet, where you eat nothing but potatoes, you know, with salt and pepper on it, yeah. maybe some vinegar, you know, hell, you could even use a little bit of ketchup or whatever you kind of condiment you want that has few calories. But otherwise, it's like a 90% carbohydrate diet. There's a teeny little, maybe four or 5% protein and, and a little bit of fat mm -hmm. um, in a potato. So I even had low carbers who decided to try that out just for an experiment and then so in the comments on my blog after just a, a few days on it some of these low carbers are saying holy shit my pea sticks are the purplest they've ever been and the reason is is because potatoes happen to be tested out plain potatoes uh happen to be tested out as the as the highest satiating food ever tested in fact it's a huge outlying satiety for plain potatoes. In other words, very few people can eat enough to stay in energy balance. And for myself, on average, if I do it, I about 13 to 1500 calories a day is all I can get down, right? And I'm just, I have no desire to eat anything else. And my, you know, my, at my knee, my caloric needs on average are like 2200 yeah. or so, yeah. right? So I'm in this big caloric deficit every day. Right. And man, you just, you drop weight like crazy 
but that's why you're getting into deeper ketosis than when you're eating low carb. Um, and, and in fact, initially in, in low carb, uh, um, a big part of the, of the induction part of it, ketosis, is actually from caloric restriction because people mm. knock out the junk yeah. and they replace it with protein. Right, protein is the most satiating. So they and they're you know it's like don't count calories, don't count calories. I'm going to be stupid. I'm not going to count calories, and so uh, so they don't count calories and they don't realize that they're that they're at a big caloric deficit naturally, and that's why they're losing weight, right? Mm -hmm. But they attribute it to the low carb and they get this wrong idea that it is the low carb necessarily mm. that's 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 making all those ketones. Uh, Probably some, right? Because you are at a at a at a at a carbohydrate glucose deficit, so that that stuff has to come from somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So, anyway, that's kind of that's one of the fallacies. Uh, another yeah. big fallacy. I, I, want, I wanted to t touch upon the, the potato uh, hack a, a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah the, the uh, they did like a study in in uh, Sydney, Australia, or the University of Sydney that yeah they found that the most satiating food is white potatoes and uh you know the second second foods are some stuff like you know uh meat or vegetables and stuff and things like that yes. and, and the least satiating are these processed foods uh yes. you know uh you know uh you know french fries or candy or chips and such right. and you know and the, it's ironic isn't it yeah. because and it's because so you have a plain white potato at the very highest end yeah. but down at the bottom you have potato chips where you slice them thin throw yeah. them in fat and make them all golden and delicious add some, and crispy add, and put add salt some more, on Add some more salt and uh, yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. completely change the nutrition profile. And even, yes. if the, even if the calories would be the same, mm -hmm. then even the metabolic response would be completely different as well. Like combining uh, carbs with that will significantly increase the insulin response as well. And, exactly. Uh, and contribute well, to more great. inflammation <laughs> and everything else. So like, it, It's great you know that because so, so like, um, and this is another, we get to another low carb or keto fallacy. They say, well, if you are going to have a potato, because a plain potato will spike glucose, it'll, it, you know, a, a, a 140 is a perfectly physiological response. So they say, well, if you're going to do it, then put a bunch of butter and sour cream on it because that will blunt the response and it will. So maybe you get to 125 or 130. But the thing is, now it's going to take you twice as long to get down below 100 yeah. into normal range. And it's going to take three to four times as much total insulin, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's the part they never tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so so you, you would be better off by actually having like a huge insulin spike and drop it quickly rather exactly. than having it over a prolonged period because you would get back into ketosis faster. Like the hypoglycemic yeah. response after you eat just you know pure yeah. carbs, that will result in like mild ketosis faster than if or you have like a slower... Or even if ketosis isn't your goal, but yeah. but good, good but good metabolic responses. I don't understand. It's just the dumbest shit out there. Is this idea that if you if you if your blood glucose goes above one ten or one fifteen, that you're in bad shape and you're mm. you're you've got metabolic syndrome and blah 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 blah. And it's all bullshit. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like this. So suppose your so-called couch potato, right? You're, you know the term, couch potato. So, so you're a guy who never exercises. You sit around and play video games all day and 
binge watch Netflix and so on. And so you live on the fifth floor of this apartment complex. And, and one day you come back, um, you know, you're a hundred pounds overweight. You come back, the elevator is broken. So you have to take the stairs, five flights of stairs. And you get up to the top and you're huffing and puffing <laughs> and you, you measure your, your pulse and your pulse is like 300 beats per minute. And you say, see, I cannot handle exercise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, so that's the logic, the same logic because, because they don't exercise. Then when they have to do an exercise and they get a response that's way overboard from what would be if a person was in good shape, good health, right? Mm -hmm. So they conclude, I can't do any exercise. Well, this is the same thing that happens with low carbers because chronic low carb diet, I've got nothing wrong with, with, with lower carb. I'm a moderate, I would put myself in moderate carb, but what I tend to do is sometimes I eat very low carb or zero I'll have meals or a day that's mm -hmm. zero carb. But then maybe the next day I'll do 300 grams, you know, or I'll do it for a few days or something. I mix things up mm. and it's for metabolic exercise because I was doing low carb for a long time. And there's a common uh, phenomenon that happens with, with a lot of people, if not most, and that's called physiological insulin resistance. Hmm. And so that is why their fasting blood glucose is elevated. I had fasting glucose of, of 110 for years, right? Hmm. So I do potato hack for a week, nothing but potatoes for a week. And all of a sudden my fasting glucose is between 70 and 80 every morning. See, hmm. so I've got that. I, you, can, you can correct it. So this is the, but what happens though, when you are in this state where you have those elevated uh, fasting levels and then say you do go and you go out to dinner with someone and you splurge and you have some potato, maybe you have dessert and whatever, and you test your blue glucose and you say, and it's, it's, it, you're, it's above 200, right? Because mm -hmm. 140, it should, if you're metabolically healthy, it should top, top out between 140 and 150 and, and come back down. Mm -hmm. But you're at 200, over 200. And so it's the same like that couch potato that, you say, that people says, oh, see, I can't handle any carbs. And I need to get the carbs lower. Right, Just right. like the couch potato saying, oh, see, I can't handle any exercise. In, yeah. fact, in fact, I need to sit on the couch more. Mm. <laughs> So it's like uh, also like uh, some people I've seen in uh, in uh, social media as well. Like okay, I eat a little bit of carbs, like maybe had some berries, and I saw my ketones drop, or I got kicked out of ketosis, and that that's immediate sign for them that you know they're doing wrong, and they need to restrict all of the carbs altogether, or they go need to go on a, like a longer fast to get back into ketosis. Like it the it's normal to have these fluctuations in both your ketones and uh, blood sugar. You never want to be stagnant. You want to be maintain this, like you said, like this metabolic flexibility and uh, to be able to swap in and out of them quicker and to experience these, uh, or to, like, it doesn't matter how, how, how high, of course, it does matter a little bit, but you know, it's, it's not going to be that important if your blood sugar uh, rises, you know, significantly, if you recover from it quicker, quicker, like the recovery aspect of being able to go back low exactly. is, is a much more, more, uh, more predictable indicator of metabolic health and uh, like fitness as well. Well, the other thing about this, um, people, when they say they get, they got, uh, you know, kicked out of ketosis, um, it is the, you know, 
they think that measuring ketones necessarily means that it's coming from body fat and it's not if you're eating 70 to 80 percent of your calories as dietary fat then i can guarantee you that the the vast vast majority of the ketones you're measuring is just the fact that you're metabol you're metabolizing the, the the your dietary fat that you're eating it's not it's not it's not ketones i mean the whole idea of ketosis in the first place in you know fasting or starvation or significant chronic caloric deficit scenario is the ketones are a sign that your body is metabolizing its own fat stores mm -hmm. and most people have a decent two to three months worth of energy storage in terms of fat mm -hmm. and so that's what's being metabolized and you can see that you can see that in your breath uh, you know, the three types of, I don't know them off the top of my head. Um, the three type, you know, the acetone, blah, 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 you know, breath, pee, and then blood uh, measurements are different ways to measure the ketone bodies. But it's the sign that it is, it is the byproduct of body fat, yeah. uh, um, uh, <clears throat> you know, metabolizing. So, but when you're, eating a huge amount of dietary fat, um, which incidentally is, is two to three times as energy dense, you know, carbohydrates being four calories per gram, fat being nine, and protein being three to four, depending on how much protein you eat. Because if you up your protein significantly above like 30% of calories up to, not many people can handle more than about 50 for any length of time but you get up there the thermal effect of food means you're only getting three to three and a quarter calories out of your out of your food and so if you if you compare that with fat it's almost three times as energy dense and less satiating mm -hmm. now how fucktarded is that really <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, in a sense it is like uh, you can replicate higher ketones by simply you know taking mct oil or putting a lot of more extra fat on your food or taking exogenous well, ketones or something like that it's not gonna equal fat loss or uh like yeah. better, better health yeah. either like it's not gonna be and now there's now there's all these stupid mlm companies to to sell exogenous ketones now i don't know i've heard that at least some people report anecdotally that it enhances their athletic performance if they take them but then you're 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 using a, a performance supplement i have no problem with that you know i use i use whey protein shakes you know not not every day not all the time but it's a nice it's a nice thing to supplement with uh you know get an extra 25 grams of protein with your meal by down in a shake good mm. right fine um, but this, there's, it's protein. It's no, there's no real magic to it. And, and it's, and really it's suboptimal because in, in, in the, in the, uh, in the optimal space, we should be eating, you know, real food that we go get ourselves. And it's, the list is simple. It's meat, fish, fowl, vegetables, fruits, nuts, you know, and, um, uh, and you're you're set really you know you mix that up good and and so there's all this all this a lot of this stuff a lot of people do uh that's like it's diminishing returns really you know it, it pushes out real food and everything yeah. i'm 
So yeah, yeah. from my own experience, I can tell that uh, the exogenous <laughs> ketones do have like a slight performance performance enhancing mm-hmm. effect for like for workouts, especially if you're doing it like in a fasted state or something. Yeah, uh, but but they're definitely not like a, a fat loss tool or or no. something like that because first well, of think- all. First of, all, they have cal- first of all, they have calories. Like if you consume those uh, beta-hydroxybutyrate salts, then yeah. you're going to have to burn through those uh, calories before you get access to your own body fat. And they do inhibit like your own natural production of ketones. So like they, they, nef- they necessarily don't make you directly burn your own body fat. They may help you with that if they're going to you know, have some mm-hmm. appetite suppressing effects or if you use them as like meal replacement, mm-hmm. if you combine yeah. it with like longer fast as such, but definitely like... Most of them aren't. Most of them are like simply marketed the wrong way, and uh, you have to be kind of careful, careful of lo- looking at what the, what the, what do the a specific brand promises you, and uh, whether or not it's actually possible. I have no problem with any of this stuff, right? As long as the way it's described isn't bullshit. That's what I, ha- I have a problem with bullshit, right? So if if you want to say, hey. I like the I like uh, uh, bulletproof coffee with butter or MCT oil, or I like taking the MCT oil, or I like taking the exogenous ketones. It makes my brain sharper. I can think. I don't. I can work longer. I don't get fatigued. And da da da. If if that's your if you, that's your thing and it works for you, no problem. Good. Mm. Sell it. You know, if you want to, right? Buy it if you want to. Um, but when you get to saying, well, this is, I can, I can take this and all of a sudden I can, I can prick my finger and, and look at my ketone levels. Well, fucking duh. <laughs> you just, you just drank ketones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I agree with you that uh, they do have like some place maybe sometimes and, uh, but they shouldn't be like a staple and you should always focus on uh yeah, food yeah. in a sense because they do add up if you if you consume like a bunch of different supplements like you take the whey protein you take the exogenous ketones you take mc2 or you take pull up of coffee everything you think you're supposed to do then it's gonna simply add up to the total caloric load of your entire day like yeah. you don't need you don't need all of them and uh, you're pe- better off by actually you know subtracting from it and focusing on like the less less is more in most cases yeah you know, it's, it's funny, you know, you want a good people, you know, even with all these supplements, and I, like I said, I use some whey protein now and then, but, but my go-to, you know, high protein, low fat meal, and just an aside on that, if you look in nature, most foods, you have, foods have whatever protein they have in them, right? But foods that have higher levels of fat tend to have lower levels of carbohydrate foods that have higher levels of carbohydrate have lower levels of fat it's inverse right so just like we were talking about earlier when you mix the fat and the carbohydrates i actually i think i think processed foods do that but people do that even in their own kitchens they don't know they don't realize that if if it's fine you you want to have a low carb meal okay uh, uh, then you're going to need the fat is the lever at that point, right? So, because mm-hmm. I like to, I like to, I like to try and focus on the protein because that's going to be the most satiating, right? Mm-hmm. And I tend to try to prefer leaner cuts of meat, not fatter cuts. I don't have a problem with fatter cuts, but it's not 
it's just that my preference most of the time is towards leaner um, uh, uh, sources of, of protein. But if it's going to be, if I'm going to eat like fatty barbecued ribs, right, then, uh, then my, my barbecue sauce is going to be a low carb sauce. You know, I don't want a lot of sugar because that's a fat, that's a very fatty meat, right? Yeah. Um, and also, so if I'm going to have a potato with my meal, which I do, if I want like fries, then I don't deep fry them. What I do is I, you know, spray a little, I toss them in just a little bit of fat and put them in the oven, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a minuscule amount of fat. If I have a baked potato, I'll just spread just a little teeny butter and salt on it. And actually it's, once you get used to it, it's like, wow, mm. that tastes like potato, not like butter and sour cream. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. That, that's, that is one of the biggest dangers of any kind of nutrition, in my opinion, and as well, uh, combining, combining the high amounts of carbs with high amounts of fat, because uh, yeah. first of all, it's going to cause like a completely different insulin response. It will also like shoot the triglycerides through the roof and uh, cause more oxidative stress and the glycation and uh, everything else. Like, it's, it's, in my opinion, like most of the diseases related to metabolic syndrome and diabetes and obesity, all of those things, they are related to combining these processed foods. In a, in a way, in a way that's that in a way that is either processed or yeah. when you're processing in your own kitchen, you just don't know. Yeah. Um, and you have meals that are both high in carbohydrate and high in fat. Yeah. So whenever, uh, whenever you are eating them, then uh, you have right. to kind of dissect them into different groups of if yeah. you're eating like fatty or meat, then you have to eat low carb and avoid, avoid the starches and such. Or if you're eating like high amounts of carbs, like potatoes or rice, then you may have to make sure that the meat you combine it with is like uh, lower in fat and uh, higher in protein and then so, that, well, so yeah. you, you wouldn't you know cause any like conflicting metabolic reactions exactly well look at look at how look at how asians uh typically eat their rice uh um uh, uh particularly like japanese korean chinese um they uh they have white rice plain white rice yeah. and they have it with a little bit of vegetable, maybe a little bit of chicken or fish. But you go to America and someone serves you rice and it comes with a big, huge pad of butter on it. And, <laughs> and that butter melts into the rice and it's delicious, right? But you're doing it wrong. And it's not natural because like as we discussed, most foods in nature, it's in bursts. Mm. You don't get carbs and fat in the same, in the same food. Yeah, in, in nature, in nature, it kind of replicates the seasons as well. Like it does it, when, exactly when you, when you like the these it drives these uh, both like psychological as physiological processes that make you overeat them as well. Like in the coming winter, you were supposed to get fat by eating a bunch of fruit and uh, carbs, and in the during the winter period, you would you know don't have access to those carbs. You would be in ketosis, and you would you know slaughter the animals. Yeah. so that you would survive the winter periods with more nutrient or more caloric density without having to need these, uh, uh, these amounts of these uh, high amounts of carbs. Bears are the, are a classic example. Yeah. You know, when the fish are running up the streams, right? They catch those and people think they eat the whole fish. They don't, they strip off the fatty skin. They eat oh, really? the skin or the, the, the actual protein, the uh, meat, is left for the birds they eat wow. the skin and they just gorge on it and they also 
are gorging on the on the fall uh, wild berries, yeah. and they even graze on grass a lot too. So they are getting quite a diet of fat, high fat, because the skin on salmon is very fatty, hmm. especially uncooked because it's just all there. None of it is being rendered out. And so then do, they're doing that and then gorging on these berries. And um, I heard someone say one time, long time ago, and I, it was a doctor, um, I think. Anyway, anyway um, he said that if you look at the metabolism of a bear uh, who's, been, who's been properly able to get very, very fat, I mean, they'll gain, a, like, I don't know, a lot of weight, like a couple hundred pounds or more, you know, mm. quite a lot of weight and, and uh, before hibernation, but their, their, their metabolic function is much like a type two diabe- diabetic, but wow. then they go to sleep for five months and don't eat anything for five months and completely correct their condition, you mm. know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how, uh, that, uh, in, in modern society, then you don't have these periods of, these uh, of energy deprivation and starvation, like as you do in nature, like most animals, they yeah. don't eat three three square meals a day, and they do yeah. all all of them go through the winter period where they're forced to yeah. only like experience you know small amount of calories from these small little you know leaves or I don't know some I don't know what they can find in the forest during the winter, but yeah, they're like naturally put into ketosis and uh, they're they're fasting all the time as well. So like, yes, that's why, in my opinion, like having these sorts of periods of these extended fasting, as well as like daily time restricted feeding is like so crucial, especially in the modern environment, because you're kind of, you're, you're kind of sidestepping a lot of these uh, potential issues that may arise and you're keeping your metabolism more flexible that way as well. I'm, I'm a fan of fasting. I used to do, I've done, I've done every kind of thing you can do you know, and fasted workouts and all of that stuff. I'm not a big fan of those anymore, hmm. but um, it does. It probably doesn't matter that much. So much of this stuff is like so marginal, you know, and people stress out about it. It's like, okay, whatever, if that's your thing. But I do think I, my fasting is like completely random now. And basically, basically it comes down to, um, either I'm not hungry, so I don't eat if I'm not hungry. And that typically comes out to eating twice a day um, and most of the time. But sometimes that'll be like a really big meal and then a just small something, right? Mm. Uh, and then sometimes I'm just too big. I've got, some, I've got better things to do, right? right. So it's like, it's like I'm working on something, I'm writing a blog post or I'm reading something or even I'm I'm maybe even watching some some show on TV uh, or a movie or something like that. It's like eh, it can wait, and then so one so one way I end up fasting sometimes. It's like so maybe I ate a big lunch, right? Fairly decent lunch, and you know it rolls around, and I'm doing something else in the early evening. Any of those things I just mentioned. I'm like too busy. I got but this. I'd rather be doing this than eating, and I don't want to go fix something and whatever. Mm. So, I'll eat later. But then it gets to be later, like eight, nine p.m., and I don't like, I don't like sleeping, uh, uh, you know, on a full stomach. 
Um, so I will just say, ah, skip it till tomorrow morning. So I don't, I try not to make it structured and a big deal. It's, it makes it, I think mentally uh, better than saying I'm going to fast because then, then if you're focused on, I've got to do this fast, uh, then the hunger can be really annoying and it can annoy, it can affect if you're trying to do work, uh, it can affect your performance in that yeah. because you're, okay. fo you're, you're focused on, um, on, on your hunger, on, on eating. Whereas if you do it in the other way where you're, where you're not particularly hungry, but you're working through something and you get hungry and hungrier and then you're, then you're more like, well, I, I'm into this. I want to keep yeah. doing it. So it's just kind of tricking your brain rather than saying, I have to fast. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, um, and then I think, I think that every once in a while, you know, extend it to a few days. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, some, there's all kinds of recommendations around pick what works for you. I've done, I've done like, I think uh, four to five days at the most. Uh, mm -hmm. I know some people who've done a week. Um, I know that after about three days, hunger becomes less and less of an issue. Mm. You kind of start forgetting about it, you know. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, it, it is like, uh, I also like to think that uh, uh, you shouldn't be that strict about it. And uh, the same applies to feeling the obligation to eat. Like you don't need to eat if you're not hungry and uh, you don't need to stick to a certain uh, feeding schedule unless you have like very specific goals or a very specific routine sure. in most cases in most cases you can simply yeah, uh, adjust it according to the situation and you know skip it you know one of the most liberating uh, things uh, that uh, i find after you uh, after you start intermittent fasting and after you kind of dip into like the ketogenic diet as well is like you completely liberate yourself from the necess necessity to eat. You don't, you don't mm -hmm. first, first of all, you don't have to eat because you will be in like very deep ketosis and you will burn your own body fat. But secondly, you, you also lose this sort of, a, you know, the previous idea that you're going mean, to damage your metabolism or you're going to you know, get fat afterwards or you're going to get sick or whatever it is. You're going dis, to dis, dis, disarm this complete fear of fasting and skipping meals and you feel much more powerful and more uh, enthusiastic even about it. Like, hell yeah, it's, it feels good right. to actually skip a meal. And uh, oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, like I'm, I'm not going to eat dinner because it's too late and I'm going to actually <laughs> skip it. And in so doing, you actually you know, you're going to tell that you're going to realize that you will gain more benefit, like the health benefits of deeper autophagy. And, oh yeah, I'm going to get, yeah. I can punch in another longer fast. And it's like win-win situation, especially like if you are keto adapted and you don't feel any hunger signaling yeah. either by skipping meals. No, I absolutely agree with you there. Um, <clears throat> um, the, 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 when you get off of the processed food and when you get off of the sort of hyper palatability of mixing, you know, fat, carb, and salt together, hmm. you get off that and you find that you really like whole food, <laughs> you know, like we've mentioned before. It is very liberating because you can. Number one, you're getting good nutrition, right? Excuse me for just a second. So you're getting good nutrition. Um, my biggest 
issue with with this, and this gets into the some of the keto tard realms, is the idea that uh, you should moderate or keep protein, you know, moderate to low, uh, right? And that's just the wrong, number one. We've already talked about the satiety issues, but number two, another fallacy in the keto tarded world is the idea that fat has lots of nutrition in it and it doesn't if you you know the re- fat is you know food has nutrition and energy, energy dense like yeah full, full fat is, is energy it's not nutritionally dense you can look at it pick any fat you want and go to the databases online you'll see that it has almost nothing maybe a little vitamin e sometimes depending on the on the fat butter has some trace stuff but that's because of the protein solids in butter right it's not because of the fat itself if you if you compare butter to ghee ghee has all the proteins or it's just the 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 uh the fat portion of it yeah. and so and in comparison in comparison like uh something like rosemary or thyme is like very virtually zero calories but it has like full of nutrients and exactly and so like exactly so you're talking about and i don't know if you if you've ever interviewed uh marty kendall or don't or yeah, know who yeah, i have actually yeah 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 so he's 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 the expert on this i mean the data he's crunched over the last couple of years since i've known him it's astounding right when you start looking at it and you look at different diets you look at different diets and you know, as, I mean, you can certainly, you can do a, you can probably do a, uh, um, w- one of these epileptic diet things and do okay on the nutrition, but it's hard to do, right? Because there's so much fat and fat doesn't have vitamins and minerals in it for the most part. Um, and also you look at, uh, on the other end of the spectrum, the vegans, you know, because you're stripping out all of the animal foods, mm-hmm. uh, so much nutrient density that you have a problem with on that end too. And it turns out, you know, you just start plugging in different diets. You need you know, both, actually like you need some of the fats to absorb the micronutrients and all the vitamins, like because right. most of the essential most of the essential vitamins and minerals are like fat soluble. So uh, you need right. some fat definitely, and uh, you. Yeah, but, but, you need the both problem, of them, but you don't want to overdo, <laughs> overdo well, the fat. What, what I always say is fat comes in food, right? Uh-huh. So the idea that the idea, you know, most, even a potato has a little bit of, little bit of fat in it. But um, I think there's a lot, to, a lot of times too much emphasis placed on the, on the uh, needing, needing fat. And certainly, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's nowhere in nature that requires that we put uh, added fat on stuff. Now I, you know, it gets a little. It, I, I'm not insane about it. Yeah, I use a little salad dressing uh, now and then, but it's it's remarkable when you start really cutting down on these added fats that you actually taste what they're on. Like I talked about the potato before, and I've come to really like. Um, like potatoes with just a teeny bit of butter. I mean, you could just, you can take boiled potatoes, really, you know, cut up, you know, cubed up boiled potatoes, put, just toss them in a little bit of butter, some salt and pepper. They're delicious and they taste like potatoes and it's actually tastes pretty good. People say, I can't stand it. Well, that's because your, your, your palate is all fucked up from, uh, from all these years of eating stupid shit. 
Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> yeah, it is. So, it, it is true. I, it's how I express myself sometimes. Yeah, it's fun. But yeah, like the broccoli and the cabbage and things like that, yeah. they actually get tastier if you kind of reset your taste buds. If you do like, exactly. If you, exactly. Do, if you do some fasting or if you, do, if you go through like a sugar detox with a low carb diet, then uh, those things actually become really, you know, tasty in uh, a sense. And uh, you actually salt. get satiated. Salt too. So, for example, once I this is 10 years now, once I started, you know, doing the paleo, better food, paleo diet and the fasting kind of resetting my thing. Uh, I became really sensitive to salt mm. to the point where, you know, everybody is all about bacon, 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 bacon. It's t- I, t- when I eat bacon now, if it's cured bacon, I, f- it's like a salt lick, you know, it yeah. feels like it, tastes like I'm eating salt yeah, just yeah. so it tastes so salty to me so now I, I man I hardly ever have I use bacon as a as like a an herb in food like a little bit of bits bits on your salad or yeah. or a little bit in a soup potato soup with a little bit of with a little bit of bacon and it is is good I, I do green beans with a little bit of bacon in them right mm. so that's the way I like to I consume bacon now I don't I don't typically go and just eat slices of bacon too salt tastes too salty. So that goes to you real when you do that, you really realize how you kind of rewired your your brain, mm. you know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I that's a, that's another one of those things that I don't really like about some people promoting uh, very high fat keto diets is that they say that yeah, it doesn't matter what kind of fats you eat, and uh, it's or well, like yeah, of course you avoid the vegetable oils and avoid the margarine, but they still yeah. point out and you know, eat all the bacon you want and uh, see what happens, and uh, like think that even though like uh, in my opinion, I would say that saturated fat and uh, meat aren't necessarily gonna give you like heart disease in my opinion, but uh, they they still aren't gonna be that sort of a super miracle thing that you, where, yeah. that where you is, want to consume in unlimited amounts. Like there is not gonna be any benefit from it. So why the hell would you kind of wanna place yeah. all of your bets on uh, this one single food and it's, uh, ex- it's become, expect to see like results? It's become a joke. You know, it's the old joke. You know, when people said too much is never enough. Mm. You know, a saying like that. Well, that's it's funny because it's ridiculous, right? And and uh, uh, um, uh, more is better, and all these things. Yeah. It's not necessarily true. So, like I've I said, you know, there's no there's no problem with fat. Food has fat in it. There's yeah. no problem with food. You eat food, it has fat in it, right? So you want to eat lots of eggs, fine. Uh, you want to eat lots of meat, it's fine, right? But you don't need to then get out of the tub of coconut oil and start, or, or worse yet, coconut butter, because highly, you know, nut butters. Yeah, and yeah. plus, I was just on a podcast last week, a Keto Geek mm-hmm. podcast uh, last week, and, and we were talking about nuts. And if you eat just plain nuts, that for me, they're pretty satiating, right? Mm-hmm. But then you go, but then you completely transform it into a nut butter like peanut butter or almond butter or uh, or coconut butter or any of these other things although i guess coconut isn't a nut whatever but but you know what i mean so all these all these hyper palatable things and all of a sudden you know you've eaten the equivalent of 
two cups of nuts, right? Which yeah. is a whole caloric load. And the other thing is, is if you had eaten the two cups of nuts and actually chewed them, you don't break them down to the consistency of a nut butter. Yeah. Uh, and so they don't get fully digested uh, in your, in your system. They've actually tested this that by, uh, um, ex- by finding out how much energy gets utilized by different uh, amounts of chewing time, whether it's 10 chews or 20 chews and whatever. And so the, so the, the way people normally not, you know, crunch, 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 crunch. Mm-hmm. So you, you actually, you actually are not getting the full energy from that, from yeah. that, from the wasting, fat wasting in, the, in the nuts. I'm sorry. Wasting away a bit of the calories. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. You're wasting some of them, right? They're, okay. they're just not fully digested, which is, which again is natural because you're supposed to chew your nuts, you know, <laughs> not, not grind them into a fine butter and then eat them that way. Like, so yeah, sure. Like, yeah. Like uh, there is, there is a definitely a different ways of doing a one specific type of diet, whether that be like, uh, a keto diet or a vegan diet you, you can you can do both of them wrong and you can do both of them right and yes. uh, you can you can get like different co- kinds of results and you, you you can see in even social media like some people who are getting amazing results with keto and uh, other people aren't aren't able to get make any progress even after <laughs> not only not and, only and that you, but you have people going the opposite way and they still <laughs> And that's what's called, that's, that's just plain intransigence, you know, it's like, it's kind of like the, the, the vegan folks who say, I have all these health problems, you know, on this diet and everything. And they're told, well, you're just in detox, detox, you're detoxing, your body is detoxing, detoxing. So, but it's the same way on the, on the, in the ketotard uh, world where, you know, they're not making progress or they're going the other way in progress and they're told well you're just you're you gotta you gotta less carbs more fat less carbs more fat right um and i here's the other thing is that there are a few there are you know what we do at at my facebook group keto tard chronicles is that we highlight not only the science the good science like i said but we also highlight the what are the who are the who i think are the good groups like you have uh, keto gains, mm-hmm. you know, Louis Via Senor and mm-hmm. Tyler Cartwright, mm-hmm. um, and then you have a real world keto run by some people, and you have uh, Charlie Shaughnessy O'Shaughnessy or Ch- Charlie Shaughnessy. He runs um, a high protein keto, you know. And here's the thing: you can go into the comments on posts there. And you can see people who have come from all these keto targeted places where they're told to just eat more fat, just eat more fat. Don't, don't count your calories. Just eat more fat, you know, (laughs) eat fat to satiety, stupidest fucking shit ever. And so, uh, um, but they come to these other places and, and you can see it's like, wow, I upped my protein to 30% of calories. Mm-hmm. Or you know, however many grams I like to use. I I like to keep it simple. A gram of protein for whatever pound body weight you want to be at. So mm-hmm. you want to be at 150 pounds. So you weigh 200 now. You want to be at 150 pounds. Eat 150 grams of protein a day. You know, and then for me, I you know from there, 
high carb, low fat, low fat, high carb, doesn't really, I don't care, right? It's, it's, but I, what I say is that, is that how you should care is which one, which one quells your appetite the best, which mm-hmm. one makes it easier for you to get in those grams of protein and to, and to not eat too much too often so that you're going back but you can see in these other groups i mean the the results that you see out of keto gains out of real world keto um and um out of high protein keto you see the results and the results are astounding number one but even more importantly is the results that people obtain after a year or two of of just beating their head against the wall with this, with the keto tarted bullshit and they come in and they start doing it right. And bam, they, they start getting really, really good results. So, and that's really the, the proof is in the pudding right there. Right. I, 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 I think, that, yeah, I think like, um, initially some people may get like uh, good results with the standard keto diet as well with the epileptic range and such, but they may hit like a plateau or something, and uh, at that point, they still they would be better off by kind of ch- changing things up a little bit and uh, trying trying different macros because well the plateaus the plateaus are easy to explain because like say that you are over say you're fifty pounds overweight right so you have uh, you have a higher energy balance requirement at that weight than at your ideal weight right. And so you go on a low carb diet, so low carb keto, low carb whatever. You eat more, you cut out the junk food, processed food. You start eating higher protein. You're more satiated, so you do you do a natural caloric deficit. So say that your say that your um, energy requirements are 2,500 calories a day where you are right now, and then at your ideal weight, they're going to be more like. 2200 mm-hmm. or some 22 or 2222 but because you're satiating you're eating you know 2300 calories on average so you're in a deficit but as soon as your weight drops your energy requirements are going to drop too so you get what you what what this plateau is is it's really yeah. you reaching equilibrium yeah. yeah you see right so it's it's not a stall. It's it's, it's, your, it's your it's that you're now eating at energy balance, and you need to reduce your calories an, another hundred or two hundred yeah. uh, in or, order to or increase your energy expenditure or increase your energy or do or, or ideally you do some of both, right? Yeah. A little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is it is true that uh, like um, naturally, if you're losing weight, then you're gonna lower the amount of body weight. Uh, you mm-hmm. carry around, and that's gonna, you know, inevitably lower your TDE or the, like the total yeah. daily energy expenditure exactly. as well. Like it's it's so. a natural thing, and uh, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be like uh, that. You can expect to eat the same amount of calories while still losing uh, the weight. Yeah. It's it's leaner it's leaner people. They have to eat fewer calories in a sense. Like people think that, uh, like overweight people eat very little or something but you know most of the time they're simply uh, eating too too many calories whether that be from carbs or fat or even worse if they combine them together it's not rocket surgery like i like to say (laughs) rocket science brain surgery (laughs) so so like what 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 do you eat then on a daily basis like uh, how do you what what do you focus on uh, in terms of 
uh, getting most of the satiety and, uh, you know, minimizing the caloric intake? Well, you know, uh, meat, meat and fish primarily. Uh, I, I do, I do, uh, I do a good amount of, just because I like the low carb protein, I do a, a good amount of canned tuna, mm. you know? Um, and I, uh, I do, I do some dairy, low fat cottage cheese. I make my own kefir. Uh, and, um, uh, I, I do, I, uh, I do milk as well. But I do one percent. I, I, you know, I used to, I used to drink whole milk, but uh, I got used to one percent, and now I'm used to it. It tastes fine, right? So why do I need the extra calories from the milk fat? I don't really, you know. Um, and I do, I do whole grains, but not much. I mean, like a loaf of bread will take me two weeks, right? I just don't eat that much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then vegetables. I use. I actually because I live alone up here in the mountains. Um, I end up throwing out too much vegetables because I go there and I get a bunch of vegetables, and I or fruit and or fruit, and I end up it spoils before I end up using it. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of frozen vegetables and frozen fruit, but it's it's fine, really, you know. So, but I'm, I'm pretty much a, a meat and vegetables kind of guy. Um, and, um, potatoes and, you know, I, I just eat it all, but I, 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 per, I keep it actually pretty simple. I know it's not a huge variety of stuff. Like I used to, right. I used to cook a, a, a whole heck of a lot and I've got tons of posts on my blog of cooking and I do like to cook. Um, but then, and then other times I make simple stuff like I make a pot of soup, you know, mm-hmm. throw in some meat, throw in some vegetables, some stock, and it tastes great. And it's very, it's very satisfying, right? Mm-hmm. I I do even some legumes, beans, you know, make make a pot of beans or chili, something like that. So pretty, actually pretty boring now. If you look at at my food posts on my on my blog where I used to just. I used to go crazy with these mm-hmm. fancy, fancy meals. And now I reserve that for if I have guests or something mm-hmm. like that, or every once in a while I'll do something really special. Um, I eat quite a bit of eggs. I just made a, well, <laughs> I actually did a post on it on, on my Facebook page or my, actually my sock account since my, I'm, um, um, blocked again on Facebook on my normal account for the 14th time. <laughs> yeah. In total, in total, in total time, I think I've spent about a year being blocked on wow. Facebook. So yeah, well, you've, you've heard how I express myself. So, um, but anyway, so like last, Facebook last night, I don't want to, you know, have this sort of, uh, conflicting information as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, uh, yeah, and I do a lot of political stuff and I'm just as, I'm just as uh, awful in the way I express myself there as well. So, Mm. but like last night I, I, um, couldn't decide. I was like, well, I've got some beans here and I've got some tortillas. Do I want a bean burrito? But I've also got eggs. Do I want to make an omelet? So I made a, a bean burrito omelet. So it's a, so it's a, a, a bean burrito rolled up in an egg omelet with some hot sauce on it. It was very good. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, sounds good. And yeah, like uh, the sim- simplicity and the minimalism is actually one of the best uh, contributing factors to a successful diet for both like weight loss as well as, you know, adherence. And uh, yeah, I yeah. myself, I'm also like a very simple guy. Like I eat most of the time like eggs, meat, vegetables and uh, fish or something yeah. like that. And then uh, yeah. every once in a while, but whenever I have like sort of a higher carb day, then I'm going to have you know, maybe like potatoes and some tubers, but I'm not, I'm not going to have like the eggs or I'm not, not going to have the meat or such. So I kind of dissect them into different groups. Uh, you mentioned some cooking. Uh, what do you think about this sort of uh, like this very specific and very, uh, you know, work demanding uh, low carb recipes of like making low carb breads or brown brownies or cookies? Uh, you know, I got, I got, well, that's, you get it. You get me on a pet peeve rant there. Yeah. Uh, uh, the whole thing I was going to mention, so it's a good segue into that. I was going to mention uh, Stefan Guine. Um, the uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he has a book called The Hungry Brain. Hmm. And so he's a, an obesity researcher, or he was. I think he's a consultant now. So, uh, yeah, it's all this... Um, hyper palatability like we talked about you know it's what the it's actually what the um food companies use to get you to buy their stuff yeah. more but then so even if you eliminate that <clears throat> out of your diet but then you're always going into the kitchen mm. <clears throat> to make low carb brownies or keto cookies or uh, keto cupcakes and there's even like goddamn keto fucking donuts that you can buy and this is this is why I say it's keto tarted that's why I have the group I have it's just a really stupid way to eat um, <clears throat> baking in general baking uh, stuff uh, you know I'm I'll tell you what I'm of the opinion is you want a nice pastry then go have a real nice pastry go to find a french bakery or something like that and go have a nice pastry on saturday morning with a cup of coffee and enjoy it right (laughs) but don't go home and just start baking you know spending your life baking in the kitchen uh low carb bread and I, i even did that once i did i didn't do a lot of i didn't ever bake dessert stuff. I make mm. some low carb bread um, or high fat bread, whatever, low carb, high fat bread. <clears throat> and, um, but people do that. And then they're like, Oh, these are so yummy and everything. I'm like, you have, you're not, you're not getting what your problem is. Your problem is not carbohydrate. The problem is that you stuff your face with stupid shit too much. That's your problem. <laughs> yeah, that is, it is true. Like it, it, it kind of defeats the whole purpose of uh, yeah. going on a keto diet. Uh, of, right. uh, the, the, you are actually supposed to eliminate, you know, the junk food. Exactly. That you're well, to, and you will never become, you will never overcome the addiction if you're still eating them on a consistent basis. Like every once precisely. in a while it is fine, but you know, you shouldn't have them every day. And you shouldn't have like these desserts all the time because yeah, it's gonna cause this hyper palatability response, and you're gonna overeat them, and you're gonna consume more calories, and uh, you're gonna you know basically yeah, like you said, stuff your face and get fat basically. Well, th- here's the thing: that I mean, you want you want to have a, a, a decent diet in order to 
to lose an appropriate amount of weight where you feel comfortable in your own skin and your clothes fit decently, right? Mm. And you look reasonably well and you're healthy, you feel good, you sleep well, so on and so forth. But if you don't eat in a way that gets your mind off obsessing about putting food in your mouth that tastes really great, then you're going to be miserable, right? Because you're always going to feel that you're deprived. I never feel like I'm deprived. <laughs> you know, I don't have any, I haven't, I, I don't have, I don't have junk food in my house. And it's, I don't, and it's not that I'm like, no, I can't have junk food in the house. Right. Mm. It's that I don't want it. Yeah. I even have nuts. I have, I buy, I get um, nuts from Amazon. So I have like, a big bag of pistachios and a few big bags of Brazil nuts. Cause I like Brazil nuts. I, I, I've had those for like two months, you know, there are not even half gone yet. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so I have no problem with saying, you know, I have a little ramekin, you know, mm -hmm. I'll just put a few pistachios in there. And that's maybe once every couple of days. I noticed last night I was watching some TV and on the coffee table was one of those ramekins that still had like four pistachios and, and two Brazil nuts in it that had been sitting there for three days right in front of me that I didn't eat, right? Just because I didn't, I don't feel like it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's where when you get that way, then you really know that you you've got it nailed now because you've 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 ultimately rewired your brain not to be obsessing about eating pl pleasurable mm. food. You know, it's nice to have food that tastes good, but you know, it does. You don't always need to have fireworks going off in your brain every time you eat, right? You can yeah. say, "Well, I'm hungry. This tastes pretty good. It's fine." You know, and that's and, and, and that's another benefit of the kind of kind of random fasting that I do. It's that when I do eat, I'm pretty hungry. Mm -hmm. So the, so the, the palatability or the 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 fire the brain fireworks are much less of a factor for me. Right? Yeah, like the fasting fasting actually makes you more appreciate the food more than exactly. Um, and so you can really go down yeah. in palatability because you other things come into play it's it's just like oh it feels good to feed yeah right yeah it's it's called it's called uh, like uh, the bliss point or this yeah. very specific point where you uh -huh. feel the most pleasure and you know the food industry they have also figured it out and they've kind of have even like calculated the specific bliss point of a particular food or a, or or ingredient of how much sugar how much fat how much salt do i need to put in there to create this greatest mm -hmm. metabolic as well as psychological attack att att addiction to the food that you can eat you know and that's yeah. and that's how the all the chips and all the cookies and everything else is constructed they actually want to make you addicted to them based upon like what's what's going to create the most pleasurable response for your brain and mm -hmm. uh, if you do like fasting and if you kind of eliminate the junk food if you go on like a sugar detox and such then your natural bliss point will you know lower itself and you're going to mm -hmm. get more satisfaction from the natural whole foods yep so that's the best best thing but where, where do you see like the keto 
keto scene uh, going in the future in the coming few years like it's becoming more and more popular and uh, i'm seeing that you know there's a lot of new companies and products popping into the market as well like all these different uh, you know donuts and uh, cupcakes that are coming what do, you, what, do you, what do you think about that in terms of like the market well, and uh, economics no it's uh, um i think it's i think it will go out of fashion eventually you know um it may be uh, it, it may just it may end up being just something that's there in name only people say it's keto but it's not really you know mm. <laughs> they're just it's kind of like kind of like well i eat i eat uh, i eat clean you know right. what does clean mean what does keto really mean what um uh, you know and and are people really going to tolerate having to test their ketone levels all the time? Because unless they do, they have no idea, right? They say, well, I eat keto, but well, you don't know uh, whether you're producing uh, a particularly above normal range of, of ketone bodies. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's a fad. It really is a fad, you know, in fact, even as you know, even that uh, it was a, it was a, um, it was a diet, you know, the, we talked about the epileptic diet, and so it was an effective therapy uh, way back when. But it's not so much in vogue anymore, and that's because it has, it has a significant number of well-documented <coughs> adverse side effects. But more importantly is that the drug therapies outperform that diet, right? So to, it's really dumb to, to think that, uh, that, that I can understand it as a tool for weight loss and for, for maintenance. Right. Um, but you don't have to have the, you don't have to do the low protein part. Hmm. You should do higher protein and you don't need to, you don't really need to have your, your, carbohydrate so ridiculously low right. you can still you can easily you can pretty easily be in ketosis if you're doing good protein and you're under 50 or 60 grams of carb a day um, which is pretty reasonable i mean it really if you look at it it's i think it's probably all going to kind of go back to more of a a classic atkins hmm. because the classic atkins low carbohydrate is a pretty decent diet and all you need to do really now he didn't know a lot of stuff way back then you didn't know that mayonnaise and margarine and and all this other crap were not good things to eat right hmm. um, but now so if you do a classic Atkins with good food real food and and you know eschew the added fats good amount of protein you'll be fine and and all of this monkey business with the with the keto it's uh it's it's kind of more uh, uh uh just a marketing shtick it's like you've got to call your diet something mm. i was joking with someone uh the other day um the the that somebody would should write a book a diet book that doesn't sell any copies and you would call it the food diet <laughs> <laughs> So how boring is that, right? It's got to have some sizzle. It's got to be. It's got to be vegan, or it's got to be clean, or it's got to be macrobiotic, or it's got to be low carb, or it's got to be keto. There's got to be some some magic uh, um, stuff 
associated with it, the mm. food diet. How boring is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting. Uh, what, what I would agree with you is that uh, I think keto will become less strict in a sense of um, most people won't uh, have to pay attention to the ketones and uh, maintaining this uh, specific, specific range of ketosis all the time. And uh, I would say that, yeah, people will become less strict with the carbs as well and uh, maybe move towards more of a, like a semi-paleo type where they would actually you know be in ketosis most of the time still because of their eating like uh, low carb and eliminating all the starches and fruits and such but they would be maybe yeah and like and because of because of maybe having having some days where they have more vegetables or some days they have like some tubers or something then they will actually simply be you know uh borderline ketosis or getting kicked out of ketosis and such so kind of implementing different strategies whether that be like moving towards more like a paleo approach or doing the cyclical type and all of them actually i feel like all of the low carb diets kind of at the moment they're gravitating towards being termed as keto like the original keto diet is very different in a sense that it's not the fat as a, as a way of like putting you into a completely distinctive metabolic state but simply most people aren't actually doing the original keto diet. They're doing some deviation of it, whether that be like an Atkins diet or simply upping their carbs and uh, doing some sort of a paleo type. So in a sense that people would become like the, I would imagine that the mainstream diets would become more low carb, but uh, they would simply be categorized as keto, whereas in reality, it wouldn't be like a specific original keto diet, although it has like uh, some uh, periods of ketosis because of yeah. like uh, the caloric restriction and fasting. Or, or whole food carb, you know, right. you can just say, you know, what well, do, do you low carb diet or high carb diet or whatever you say? Well, I do a whole carb diet. So <laughs> it's whole foods that sometimes they're low in carbohydrates and sometimes they're high in carbohydrates. The other thing is that if you, it, that if folks get the, if they do their ketosis right and they want to call it keto and, and everything and they go to the proper sources for the information such as have been mentioned and they get their results, then number one, they're going to finally look like they want to look. They're going to have a better social life. And, um, so they're going to be less interested in obsessing with some of the things like having to test their ketones and like really focus that much on measuring their macros rather than just having a good idea mm. of, through diet experience or, you know, the apps now, uh, the various apps on the phone apps for counting calories, we even have bar scanners and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, those tools, so you get a pretty good idea. They say, well, they're inaccurate. I said, yeah, yeah, but you know, the difference between a six, uh, uh, um, a 3000 calorie day and a 2000 calorie day, isn't that hard to determine, right? Mm. So they're not that inaccurate. And so that, and combined with, you know, not wanting to bother with the testing and then hopefully through eating real foods, whole foods, that they rewire their brains enough to where they just have they fixed their problem hmm. now so they which is an overeating problem far more than it is about um, um, macronutrients 
with the exception of the combining carbohydrate and fat. And if they, if they teach themselves to avoid that sort those sorts of food combinations, then they're going to rewire their, their brain over time. So they don't, I'm not constantly looking for that, you know, brain fireworks every time they eat something mm. and they'll be good. And so, so, you know, ultimately, ultimately just sensible food, you know, the food diet, um, <laughs> the boring, the boring thing, thing. food diet is where, is where every, everybody should ideally take this thing. Yeah. And, uh, in, in total, I would say that, or in conclusion, I would say that, yeah, you should still primarily like most of the time eat, let's say a low carb diet that is, you know, uh, that is like a ketogenic diet in a sense that it's going to put maintain like a stable level of ketosis at least during the fasting period of the day uh but uh which would include you know things like whole foods meats vegetables fish eggs <laughs> and uh, tubers and such uh but at the same time you don't have to be obsessively worried about ketosis obsessively measuring your ketones or uh, being afraid of carbs or something like that as well yeah. and whenever you do eat carbs then still make them like whole food carbs and uh, make sure you're not combining them with your like hyper palatable foods and so that's yeah when i do when i do uh my most of my high carb it's sometimes fruit i'll eat a few apples or something like that's not particularly high carb i mean you can eat a few apples a day and and that's not gonna if if that's your main carb source no big um When I do eat a lot of carb, even when I eat like bread, I'm not eating that much bread. There's not that much carb, you know, mm. 20, 30 grams, not a lot. When I do go high carb, it's typically potatoes. And my favorite way to do that is potato soup. Mm. And so I'll make a big pot and generally I'll just eat pretty much that and maybe some dairy mm-hmm. until it's gone, right? And so that's my kind of carb metabolic exercise. But that potato soup is low in fat. And it's pretty actually fairly low in protein as well. But it's just so it's just pretty much a, a, a high carb source that'll last, you know, two, three days mm-hmm. till that pot's gone. And that's how that's generally how I get my higher carb metabolic exercise. Or I'll go out to Mexican food every now and then. sounds good Uh, yeah really enjoyed uh, talking with you and uh, before I ask my last question uh, where can people learn more about you and your work oh thank you thank you Steve Um, yes uh, freetheanimal.com that's all one word freetheanimal.com that's the main portal Mm -hmm. Um, on I'm Richard Nikolai on Facebook so you just search there, but there's a link also in my, in my, on my blog. Hmm. And those are the, from my blog, you can find any, anything I do, you know, there's a lot, it's, you know, you can search for anything I've said. And, you know, one thing I do, one thing that makes me somewhat different than a lot of folks is that I'm never intransigent. And that's why my blog is called free the animal because it works for anything I want to do. I don't, it doesn't have to be the low carb, this or the keto that and I do so I'm never locked into anything I can actually change my mind and say hey I was wrong about that you can go to here I can show you right on my blog where I was wrong and now here's the post that says I was wrong and here's what I think what I how I've refined it or what I think now 
right? I like to say that the only time you know you're right is when you're wrong, right? Because you can never know for sure whether you're right. Yeah. You, can, you can have confidence, you know, scientific falsifiability. So you, you try to, you get an idea and you try to make it wrong. You can't make it wrong. You can't make it wrong. Can't make it wrong. Well, that gives you confidence that maybe it's right, or maybe you're close to being right. Mm. But one, it's wonderful to be wrong because then you know you're right. Yeah. I'm right that I know I'm wrong. So that's the that's the that's the way I do this stuff, and it's the way it's the reason my views have changed over years because I get new information. And it makes more sense. I change the way I think about something. Right. So I don't have to be locked into the thing and like, this is the right dietary thing. And even the evidence piles up and evidence piles up that, and, and some stuff gets falsified and everything. And then I try to wiggle out of it and everything and, 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 and defend my position. That's not what I do. So I hope to be refreshing at least in that regard. Now I thank you for having me on. Yeah. It's, it's true that uh, you do have to evolve uh, yourself as well as your diet and uh, make sure that uh, you don't get caught up with uh, some sort of an idea or some sort of a, you know, stubbornness in a sense and uh, to not fear most people uh, that, you know, keto still works <laughs> if you do it, if you do it the right way. Like uh, if you, if you don't uh, mess, mess things up and uh, if you don't do some of the, if you don't follow some of the uh, misconceptions or the tardy tardiness <laughs> that we just talked about in the, in the podcast, uh, but yeah, like uh, my, my last question is, uh, what would be this one piece of advice or a habit that you wish you adopted sooner that improved your body and your mind? Oof, that's a tough one. Um, there's so many things, you know. Um, uh, you know what? I think, it, I think it's... Um, if I look back and I think it's, uh, it was a sense of a growing sense of, of less, um, materialism for lack of a better word. We talked about this somewhat in the, in, you know, as to do with diet, but if you took talking life in general, it's like, um, less is more, right? So the less things, uh, that you have to, to concern yourself with like downsizing, but not because, not because of some silly ideas about the environment or all this nonsense uh, that you get from the political sphere, but just because it's nice to be, to live simpler, to not, to not have to buy stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't, I hardly buy much of anything only when I like really, really need it. Right. Talking everything, clothes or gear or anything like that. And, um, uh, I guess my only weakness is I have to get every new iPhone. That's about my only, mm -hmm. <laughs> my only big weakness. I do like the devices. Right. But, mm -hmm. um, I'm actually going to, I'm going to be setting off on a, on a, looking to sell my big too big home up here and get rid of all my stuff and get a motor home mm. and travel around nomadically very simply and stuff and just try that out because I because when you free your mind of all that stuff um, 
you really enjoy life a lot more. It's amazing. You think that, Oh, I gotta have, I gotta be entertained all the time or, <laughs> or something. I sleep a long time. I sleep more than ever now, you know, usually at least eight hours a day and it's great to get good sleep. Uh, so with, you know, freeing up your mind, I guess, and doing, doing more with less. Um, I hate to use the word spiritual. I, I'm not the spiritual kind of person. So, you know, maybe, but I do like to, I do like to contemplate and think a lot. So that's there you advice. go. Yeah. That's, that's some good advice. And, uh, people, people shouldn't get caught up with uh, the glamour, whether that be with uh, materialistic things, whether that be stimulating food <laughs> or social media as well. And uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll just add one more and then yeah. we, can, we, can, we can wrap this up um, before people fall asleep on us. So uh, about, I say eight, nine months ago, I realized, you know, I'm spending so much time on social media and I live alone, you know, and sometimes I don't go out that often, you know, and so I'm on social stuff and I'm like this. So I made a pact with myself to go out, to leave the house every day and to endeavor to speak with one stranger, strike up a conversation with a stranger every day that I go out. And I'm almost every day, and sometimes it's two people. So I, I, I talk to people. It could be the supermarket line, coffee shop, whatever. I'll just start talking to somebody. right? And I don't care, young, old, man, woman, pretty, ugly, fat, skinny, doesn't matter. It's another person, and you start talking to them. That's been a very um, good experience for me. Mm. So. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it, is, it is a good advice, especially in the modern technological world where people yeah most of the time they, sp they spend in front of screens and yeah no, no real human contact well, yeah uh, i think uh, that's a good good note to end the podcast as well and i uh, really enjoy talking with you and it was fun to delve into the world of this keto tard <laughs> keto tard <laughs> advice that that won't uh, be uh, actually that uh, useful and kind of well, hopefully hopefully my delivery didn't put many people to sleep <laughs> and i like to say that that uh, that I hope some everybody found at least at least something to love and something to hate in what I said, uh, and and I hope there's not too much indifference. Mm. So yeah, that's true. So yeah, thanks uh, Richard for coming to the podcast, you. and uh, I'll see you. I'll see you around. Thank you. That's it for this episode of the Body Mind and Power podcast. If you want to support us, then I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a review on the iTunes or the other social media platforms. Definitely check out the show notes for the topics that we discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening. My name is Seem. Stay tuned for the next episode. Stay empowered.